City could still win the Champions League. The two that haven't been given the, the right opportunities are the, the, two, the two black former players. Barry Fry has called missing out on the playoffs absolutely disgraceful. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players early. I'm Jim and this is On The Left Side, The Funny Football Show. It's been one of those weeks in football where the footballing world has actually been pretty focused on non-footballing matters. In fact, most of the news agenda this week has been more interested in three little letters. B. L. M. And no, that's not the name of Chelsea's new shirt sponsor for next season. In fact, given the way that some Chelsea fans reacted to Anton Ferdinand after he dared get in the way of some John Terry abuse, or that thing with Raheem Sterling where he definitely wasn't called a mank cunt, or that mobile phone video on the Tube last season, there couldn't possibly be a less appropriate sponsor because, of course, when we're talking BLM, we are talking Black Lives Matter and the series of protests that have taken place around the world this week triggered by the death of an African-American man who was filmed with a police officer's knee on his neck for almost nine minutes that led to his death. Just to put that into context, that's about as long as this episode. It also goes to show that FIFA probably jumped the gun a little bit a few years ago when they claimed that they had beaten racism and were disbanding their task force. Looks like there's a little bit left still. Over the last seven days, we've seen Jaden Sancho reveal a message of support to George Floyd's family after scoring for Dortmund. We've seen Premier League teams take the knee at training sessions up and down the country in support of the movement. And Manchester City winger Raheem Sterling has even appeared on BBC Newsnight to highlight the issue. I know this might sound a little bit cheesy, but um, you know the only disease right now is the racism that we're fighting. I think this right now, this is the most important thing at this this moment in time, because just like the pandemic, we want to see it. We want to find something, a solution to, to stop it. It doesn't sound cheesy, Raheem, although it does sound slightly factually inaccurate. The only disease? Are you sure about that? Let me just uh, let me check a second. Hold on. Um, this one, medical dictionary. Uh, yeah, what about asthma, heart disease, diabetes, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, botulism, cryptosporidiasis, hepatitis, hepatitis zoster, leprosy, smallpox, typhoid fever, zybrocholeria, or chlamydia, to name just a few. And if you want some more information on that last one, given his extracurricular lockdown activities, you might want to check in with your teammate Carl Walker. I'm sure he knows plenty about it. I do get what he's saying. In terms of hardship and even deaths, there is probably very little that even comes close to the damage that the disease of racism has done. Even if it hasn't stopped me personally going to the pub for a pint for the last three months. But give it a few weeks and I could well be forming a protest about that too. As with the rest of the world right now, it feels like something might actually be happening within football and people might finally be taking notice of racism. Whisper it quietly, but football, a sport that has happily dished out massive fines for breaching sponsorship regulations, but is quite happy to administer a financial slap on the wrist for consistent crowd racist chanting, is about to start taking the issue seriously. For example, when the Premier League does return next week, we could well see whole teams taking the knee. And I don't mean that term in the same way that Roy Keane would take the knee of an opposition striker just to let him know he meant business. We can only hope. 
Meanwhile, Raheem's parent club, Manchester City, have a few big fish to fry right now, with the start of their court of arbitration for sport appeal against the two-year ban handed to them by UEFA for breaking FFP rules. City, for their part, seem pretty confident they're going to beat the ban, and they say they all present irrefutable evidence to help them overthrow the punishment and have the decision overturned. Although I have a feeling it won't be quite the evidence that the likes of UEFA are used to receiving. Ah, hello, Mr. Manchester City lawyer. Uh, I would like to see that irrefutable evidence now. Uh, and could I have it in a brown paper envelope and small, untraceable, unmarked, irrefutable evidences also, please? Now, the appeal could be done and dusted in as little as three days, but in the ultimate act of prick-teasing, it's likely that Cass won't actually announce their verdict until the end of August, almost two months away. That's a worse tension-building gap than when revealing the winners on the X Factor final. The winner of the X Factor is... So far, the most amusing thing to come out of the whole case has actually been a giant banner that has been produced by a group of City fans that they were planning to unveil during the Blues Champions League match versus Real Madrid, which now obviously is happening behind closed doors. The 100-foot creation depicts the UEFA bigwigs as characters from the Muppets, all gathered around a whiteboard containing their meeting agenda of Stop Man City, Stop Man City, Stop Man City. It also features three campaign taglines, power corruption and lies, then UEFA, corrupting football since 1956, and finally FFP, where were you when we were shit? I mean, that last one's not really that much of a surprise, is it? I mean, were the UEFA accountants really going to be digging down into your numbers when you were losing to Stockport County of a weekend? Seems unlikely. There's so much going on in the image and you have to kind of see it to believe it, but it's almost as if no one wanted to upset anyone else during the ideas meeting, so they just chucked everything in and then put some pictures of Muppets in for good measure as well. I have no doubt that the people who have made the banner, their hearts are in the right place and they want to fight what they feel is corruption within the sport, but the whole thing has been funded by other fans who made donations to get it created and not all of them are particularly happy, particularly when you consider it cost Eight grand to make. Eight bloody grand. That's a worse deal than signing Jack Rodwell. And it is yet further proof that football as a sport has no idea how to spend money. I mean, in how many other walks of life do you get a whole load of millionaires who still get the bus to work? Madness. Thank you very much for listening. That is it for today's On The Left Side. It's a difficult time to try and be funny about football so i hope there were a few bits that made you smile during today's show if you enjoyed it please click subscribe and you'll get the next episode as soon as it's ready pretty soon there'll be actual football to talk about as well you can also follow us on twitter at on the left side and you can 
leave us a review is that the other thing you have to do yeah leave us a review on iTunes or however you listen to podcasts tell us what you make of the show and we would appreciate it might even give you a shout out on a future podcast thanks for listening see you next time adios bye 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 On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson rheumatoid arthritis botulism why have I written stuff I can't read Cryptosporidiasis. Cryptosporidiasis, hepatitis, hepatitis zoster.